How can we as healthcare practitioners move from just providing disease management to providing true healthcare? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast that helps you grow your practice and expand your skills as a practitioner. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners who are passionate about making a difference. Today's episode is the very first one in the theme of adrenal health. But before we jump right in and get started, I want to let you know that we put together a resource guide on adrenal health that contains some of the assessments that I've been using over the last 30 years to help people address their adrenal fatigue. It has some lists of herbs and foods and nutrients that support adrenal health. It's a really great guide for helping you to not only assess, but also to help manage people with adrenal fatigue. So download that now at reinventhealthcare.com forward slash adrenal. So as you know, the function of the adrenal glands is to keep you safe in the face of danger and to mobilize resources that are required to help you to fight or escape or survive. As part of the sympathetic, the fight flight part of the nervous system, the adrenals get involved whenever the demands on the body exceed the body's normal capacity to handle them, like in the case of a hungry tiger chasing or a near miss on the road or fighting off a robber in a dark alley. Here's the thing though, this is an expensive process. And it was designed for those quick getaways, right? Like I said, the tigers chasing you, the robber in a dark alley, those sorts of things that happen once and then we recover and we go back to normal. But your problem is your clients are most likely under this kind of stress 24-7. No, they probably don't live in the jungle where there's hungry animals chasing them. And no, they're probably not accosted by robbers in an alley on a regular basis. But the kinds of stressors that cause the problem with the adrenals are in everyone's day-to-day life. So they experience this 24-7 and they are subject to the depletions of nutrients required to do this expensive process. So we're going to talk today about some of those symptoms some of those ways that the adrenals get involved. We're also going to talk about the nutrients and the cofactors that are involved, and we'll go into that on a deeper level on one of our next episodes. So here's the question I have for you. You may have heard said adrenal fatigue. That's just a made-up thing. That's those naturopaths and those functional medicine people that make up this thing. There's no such thing as adrenal fatigue. That's basically what the medical doctors are saying. That's basically what, you know, science is pointing to because there is no medical diagnosis of adrenal fatigue. What they look at is, well, if the adrenals are not functioning properly, you've got an autoimmune condition. And there's only two things that would cause that, hypo or hyperadrenal based on which autoimmune condition your client or patient is suffering from. Addison's, which is an immune depression of the adrenal function, and Cushing's, which is an overactive system. So what's a functional practitioner to do when the clients come in exhausted and depressed and they can't lose weight and they're feeling cold and they have a tired and wired kind of presentation? Do we just send them on their way and say it's all in their head, they're hypochondriacs, like a lot of medical professions will do? 
or do we go back to the science, go back to the research and work with getting people up to speed so they can handle their day-to-day -day stressors and mitigate them in the body in ways that don't damage. Many years ago, Dr. Hans Selye researched and wrote about what he called the general adaptation syndrome. And he identified it as three stages. And this is what the body does when under severe stress. Number one, it's the alarm reaction. The body mobilizes everything to try to get out of that state. That's where the heart rate goes up and people are anxious and can't fall asleep, but they're tired at other parts of the day. That's the alarm phase. And that's where cortisol levels are higher than they should be. Then we have the resistance phase. That's the stage where people are getting used to this. They're adapting to it. And then we have the exhaustion phase. This maps out well to the old way of looking at it from a functional perspective, which is the three stages of adrenal fatigue. Lately, that word, that concept of adrenal fatigue is getting questioned. Is it really fatigued? Do the adrenals really fatigue and stop being able to make cortisol? Or are there other factors involved? I like to look at it as adrenal dysfunction or better, HPA axis dysfunction hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. And that's the whole mechanism of creating this alarm response and reacting to it. And what we found is that as we get better and better testing, and we can look at things on a more deep level, we know that there's a lot more going on than the simple stages of the stage one, two, and three, where high cortisol, normal cortisol, but other things out of balance, and then low cortisol. There's more to it than that. We have much better testing. And we're going to go into a lot more detail on the testing over the course of the next episodes. But in the meantime, I'd just like to say, I prefer to call it adrenal dysfunction or HPA axis dysfunction. And as we look at testing procedures, we'll look at how do we evaluate where people are and what we can do to support them in returning to normal. So assessment, super important, as you know, for anything that we talk to people about when they come in, complaining about fatigue and brain fog and depression and overweight and all the sorts of things that we see on a regular basis. And there are multiple layers of what can be going on, right? Blood sugar, thyroid, gut dysfunction, and adrenal, high HPA axis dysfunction. So when you're evaluating, you need to be really clear with people that their adrenals don't just get triggered by mental and emotional stressors, right? You can get it out of the way that there's certainly not a lot of tigers and lions and bears chasing them on a regular basis. But then people come in and say, well, I, I live a pretty stress-free life. I don't have a lot of these things. I'm not worried about finances. Some of them say that. I don't worry a lot. But it's more than just the mental and emotional stressors. There's a whole bunch of things that can get involved. I'm going to share with you some of these underlying causes of adrenal imbalance, of HPA axis overstimulation and then lowered function. So one thing is inflammation. And the inflammation can come from a recent injury, car accident, a fall, etc., or an old injury that doesn't seem to be healing. It can be caused by an autoimmune situation. So somebody can have an injury that where they hurt their knee, they fall and they, or they have an accident, or they might have arthritis in that knee, rheumatoid arthritis, an autoimmune condition. Both of those are going to affect the adrenals. 
There could be food stressors. There could be multiple food sensitivities. There could be nutrient deficiencies. There can be toxic elements in the food. All of these things affect the adrenal and the response of the adrenals. Obesity is considered one of the underlying causes of triggering the adrenals. The body sees that as an alarm, right? We've got this extra storage of fat. What's going on? Why are we storing all that extra fat? It's either toxins or a fear response or obviously just overeating. The immune system can be out of balance. So that can lead to infections or there is a current infection or there's a low grade infection, you know, chronic viral infection like an EBV or a cytomegalovirus or something like that. But there can also be an infection in the gut that's being overlooked. It could be as obvious as H. pylori, the bacterial infection, or it could be something like an out of balance flora, a dysbiosis leading to overgrowth of something like E. coli or Klebsiella. All of those things contribute to stressors that the adrenals have to respond to. They see that as a life-threatening stress. And all the things we're going to talk about in a bit that happen as a result of a stress like that, all of those physiological changes, they're going to be affected by all of these kinds of stressors. Exposure to toxins, and guess what? We're kind of exposed all the time, right? In the air, in the water, in the food. All of these things are affecting in the makeups, in the hair care products, in the home care products people are using. These are things that we as functional practitioners need to ask about because these are things that we can help people to get under control and take the stress off of their HPA system. Insufficient sleep is hugely contributory. The adrenals just can't function properly on less than adequate sleep. When we don't get enough sleep or we eat too close to bedtime, we have a surge in insulin right before bed, lowering of growth hormone, and then an elevation of cortisol, which keeps people awake. So you as a practitioner need to be evaluating all of these pieces and helping them to put together a plan, a program to mitigate these and take away the stress of their adrenals and get back their energy and get back their sex drive. As a practitioner, you need to be evaluating the symptoms and utilizing your prowess at coaching them as to which of those symptoms are the most problematic for them and going to be the most influential in helping them to make decisions. So some of the most common symptoms we see when the adrenals are dysfunctional, when the HPA axis is out of balance, is we see people who are exhausted all the time or they're tired and wired. They're tired during the day and then wired at bedtime and then can't fall asleep. We see people who are overweight and can't lose it. What is that reminiscent of? Well, thyroid dysfunction. And is the thyroid dysfunctional because of the adrenals and the cortisol being out of balance? Or is the cortisol and the adrenals out of balance because the thyroid's out of balance? It's kind of the chicken or the egg story, but it's one of the symptoms that they're going to have. They're depressed. They're just depressed for no reason, or they have brain fog and they can't think straight. A hormonal imbalance is estrogen, testosterone, DHEA, lowered libido, lowered sex drive. So these are among the symptoms that you're going to see, and you're going to utilize a good history asking the right questions so that you can get, okay, which of these is going to motivate them the best? to help them to make the diet and the lifestyle and the supplementation and nutrients and herbs and all the other changes that you're gonna recommend. So let's talk a little bit about cortisol and the impact that cortisol has on the body. So cortisol release starts with some sort of a triggering event. You know, like we talked about before, the lion or the tiger or the bear or the stress on the job or, you know, a loved one that gets sick 
or one of the food stressors or some triggering event that's considered by the body to be stressful. That event triggers the hypothalamus to release a hormone called ACTH, adrenocorticotrophic hormone. And that stimulates the adrenals to jump into action and secrete adrenaline, also known as epinephrine. And following the adrenaline comes the release of cortisol. Think about adrenaline as that fast acting, that first line of defense, the one that's attributable to all those great stories you hear about, you know, 90 pound woman lifting a car off her son when they get trapped. You know, that woman could no way lift, you know, probably can't lift 25 or 30 pounds on a normal day, but now she can do this, this heroic act because of the effect of adrenaline. And it helps to facilitate getting out of danger. That's what happens when there's a hungry tiger tracing. All of a sudden you can run faster because of the effects of adrenaline. But adrenaline is expensive. Adrenaline works at the expense of resources within the body. So we can't keep the adrenaline levels up because what happens is you get increased heart rate. You get increased blood pressure. You get increased respiration rate. You can't walk around with your heart racing and your respiration just like labored and fast and with your blood pressure elevated without causing some sort of severe reaction. It causes the pupils to dilate right? So we can see better, take in everything more. And that's not a good thing to be having Gavin on a regular basis because that lets in too much light and can damage the retinas. Uh, it causes decrease in digestion. Guess what? If you're running away from a tiger and you stop to pick a really beautiful, juicy, ripe red apple off a tree, the tiger has you for lunch. So we can't have digestion being on. We don't want to shoot the resources towards digestion. We want to trigger them away from digestion and towards the extremities so we can run and jump and hide. It causes an increase in sweating to keep the body cool in response to these reactions. It causes increased blood clotting so that if there's an injury happening as we're running away from the tiger, right, we're not going to bleed to death. Right? So the, the blood clotting, guess what that leads to on a long-term basis? Increased blood clotting, that can lead to stroke or heart attack and other sorts of major and aneurysm bursting, etc. We don't want that on a regular basis, but those short bursts, good, 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 good. And it causes an increase in mental alertness and focus to be able to focus straight on things. Now, when we say mental alertness, it's that on-guard alertness. What it does is it also, we'll talk about this more in cortisol, it suppresses the prefrontal cortex, that part of the brain that can do problem solving and think really well. So adrenaline gets secreted. It's in and out of the system in a matter of minutes. Cortisol comes in and takes its place. It causes an increase in blood sugar because we need more sugar to continue to run away from tigers. It can cause weight gain as a result of that blood sugar, triggering the release of insulin. It inhibits the prefrontal cortex. So here's the thing. When your clients are stressed to the max because they have a board meeting, they have a project due, they're taking an exam, and this cortisol is in their system, it's going to inhibit them from doing the very thing that they're fearing, right? They can't think straight, so they can't pull things out of that high-level thinking. They stay in the lizard brain, which is, get me out of here. So what else happens? Well, Cortisol, over time, damages what's called the hippocampus, and the hippocampus is responsible for short-term memory. So people walking around saying, why did I come here? Where are my keys? What's your name? 
that's a cortisol response. And over time, that's extremely dangerous and extremely damaging to your profession, to your family life, to your relationships. Decreases digestion, keeps those enzymes down. So we don't worry about digesting. We worry about getting away from the tiger. Suppresses the immune system. And this is a common thing I see. People will be stressed to the max all week. And they look forward to the weekend when they can go play golf or go on an outing and then they get sick. And it happens over and over again that they get a cold or a flu or something that keeps them down because the cortisol, it's been suppressing the immune system, but it's also been allowing you to keep going. And then it kind of settles down a little and, and then you get sick. If you ever have a situation where you had a lot of work to do and you're studying hard for an exam or you're preparing for a presentation and you're up late, not getting enough sleep, not eating on the regular basis and you're stressed out and then that thing is over and you get sick. It happens all the time. I see this, I hear this all the time and I've had this experience in my own life. So yeah, we really want to look at these immune system function and increases the inflammatory response. Although cortisone is used to decrease inflammation in specific cases, but you know there's this double-edged sword of cortisone: increase inflammation, decrease. It also thins tissue, right? Over time, it thins tissue, so the muscles get weaker, the skin gets thinner, and all sorts of things. So if you've got people suffering from a lot of this stuff you've got to look at their cortisol levels. And we're going to be talking in the next couple of episodes about what you can do to test for this. What else? Uh, it can contribute to mood changes. It can contribute to decreased libido because it affects in the cascade. And we'll talk about this on another episode, that whole steroid cascade. It's called the pregnenolone steel, the hormone pregnenolone that precedes cortisol and also precedes estrogen, testosterone, and DHEA. And uh, progesterone, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, it actually steals those precursors to go down to cortisol because staying away from a tiger is more important than getting an erection. Okay. Just saying, right. Having sex drive reproducing gets put to the background. And so people suffer from decreased libido when they're in this situation. Can create uh, sleep disturbances if that cortisol is happening later in the afternoon and evening. Um, the increased heart rate and respiratory rate chronically are not good. While short term, they're great for getting away from the tigers. Long term, not good. And we end up with problems with palpitations and things like that. And it can lead to cardiovascular disease. There's a huge connection to it. So long-term exposure to cortisol is one of the major contributory factors to all of our major diseases right now, cardiovascular disease, autoimmune disease, cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's is moving up in that direction as well. All of these have cortisol as one of the contributory factors. So on future episodes in this adrenal series, we're going to dive into what do you do to advise people to stay safe from the impact of cortisol? How do we help them to reduce their body's production of stress response cortisol? How do we teach them techniques and activities that they can do? How do we tell them about herbs and, and nutrients and foods that they should be avoiding and also consuming to help balance out this adrenal cortisol response. It's super, super important. We'll also look at testing because there's a lot of 
controversy over testing. The old tests of just testing the saliva that just tested cortisol at four or five times a day, not quite enough in light of what we really want to know. And there's some more advanced testing that you should be looking into that'll help us to look at metabolites and look at cortisone and it can actually look at ratios and there's a lot of things like that. And we'll do that on another, another one of our episodes. So remember here, this is important stuff. HPA axis, remember that's part of your evaluation. We need to be looking at how do we help these folks with managing their stress, whether it's stress from a, par a sympathetic response, stress from job stress and financial stress, stress from food, stress from lack of nutrients, stress from toxins in the environment, infections in the body, all of these things contribute. And your job as a holistic functional health practitioner is to do an amazing history, get at all these predisposing factors, and talk to them about how they can turn things around using diet, lifestyle, nutrients, supplementation, herbs, and mindfulness practices. We have the power to help these people, to educate them, and to help them to turn their lives around. We have to use our very good persuasive techniques to help them to make the decisions to, to do the changes in their diet and lifestyle that they need to do to get this back under control. The rewards for them when they do are great. It's great in terms of their energy levels and their enjoyment of life, but also in the protection it provides against long-term diseases and illnesses. So study this stuff, learn this stuff, you want to dig deeper, I have this amazing thing we put together at reinventhealthcare.com forward slash adrenals, has some of the testing, it has some questionnaires that you can use with people, and it has some physical signs and symptoms that you can use to determine if this is part of their symptomatic picture. So use that, download that, and if, if you're ready to really up-level your skills and become a master at nutritional endocrinology and understand all these body systems on a deep level and how you can support people and turn their health around, I encourage you to visit our site at inemethod.com. Become part of the movement to totally reinvent the healthcare system. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of the movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.